1: And today is the 10th and final episode of our engineering series. Today we will be talking about Star Trek Prodigy. But as usual, we have a very special guest with us for all of our Prodigy episodes. Say hello to Gabby Hurd. I'm back. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) She's back in the studio. It feels like it's been a millennia since we did Holodeck last. So... I'm so excited you're here, Gabs. Woo woo. Woo woo. Yeah, we're very hyped as always to have Gabby as a part of our Prodigy podcast episodes. And you know, we talk about this. Like Gabby's aging out of the like desired target audience (laughs) for prodigy viewers. But you know, it doesn't matter. Like I feel like every perspective about Prodigy is valid, and you're still literally like 16 years apart from me. So (laughs) you're gonna have (laughs) a different perspective than I will. Totally. I actually think, like, the older you get, the diff, like, you just understand Prodigy differently, you know? Yeah. It's kind of fun. So. I
0: almost understand it more with this rewatching. Woo. I'm saying, I welcome, Gabby.
1: It. I, this yeah. makes me very excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dad got mad. Well, not mad, but, like, disappointed in me because I didn't know a quote to a Star Trek, like, original series thing because I thought it was mm-hmm. Doctor, not Doctor. I think Doctor Who is what I thought mm-hmm. it was. And, i mean
1: fair enough and he know? said he
0: has to have an intervention with me so
1: <laughs> a star trek intervention that's how it starts
0: i mean yeah. he's already
1: showing you all of x files which is a gonna be a gigantic diversion because that's you know like nine seasons <laughs> yeah. yeah you're really making your way 11 so. 11 seasons yeah, including the new one that's right yeah yeah okay well so gabby we are so thrilled to have you here and very excited to talk about engineering and as you know this is the last episode of our engineering series which means that next we will be moving on to what we're calling the catch-up series which is essentially catching up on previous shows that have not been covered in certain podcast series so For example, we have still not talked about love and affection in Strange New Worlds. Um, We have not talked about time travel in Picard, I believe. Or I think uh, like Discovery maybe might not have had a time travel episode we have. I think it did, but it's not updated, you know, so there's some things that we haven't updated. Anywho, we decided that we are going to release a poll to you asking which catch-up episode you would like to hear. Only going to be doing one. And we're going to be kind of using them as a buffer in between each series so you get kind of shake it out think about, you know, an old series of ours and talk about something maybe we haven't discussed in a while or doesn't really have a lot of Dura Sisters episodes like Strange New Worlds is just under discussed because it's still coming out and it's still so young and new so we will be sending out those polls within the next few days and we're really excited to get all of your input about what episode you would like to hear next before we move on to the mirror universe uh series which is going to be another type of fun yes and so far there have not been any mirror universe episodes of prodigy but season two will be dropping on netflix sometime in 2024 so you never know by that time by the time we get to the end of the Mirror Universe, we might have some Mirror Prodigy episodes. That would be really insane to me. So we'll see. Yes, please. Right? Also, yeah. I think it's a good time just to celebrate that Prodigy has been picked up for a season two, as people might remember or might have heard that there's been an ongoing struggle because Paramount completely removed Prodigy from the service. And all three of us watched these episodes today from DVDs. I think I got them all from Walmart, that there's probably other Throwback. places to get them. Yeah. Amazon, yeah. So unfortunately, the only way to watch them right now is on DVDs. But everybody who purchased merch, including action figures and dvds and anything else that has to do with prodigy helped in the fight to rescue star trek prodigy and get it picked up on another network and just again have to thank michelle on twitter because she helped to fundraise money to fly a freaking plane that had a sign attached to the back of it that said hashtag save star trek prodigy this has been a fan movement and truly like we owe the fans and the writers and the writing room of star trek prodigy Everything because we now have season two coming on Netflix in 2024. So, woo, very excited about that.
0: Unrelated Stranger Things is probably going to come out at the same time. So, that'll be an emotional wreck for all of us. Yeah. Oh. Season two and Stranger Things season five. That'll be the final. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, How cool. are we gonna survive that together? Wow. a lot I'm of Netflix sure. A
1: lot of Netflix overlap probably from these viewers. We'll all be mm-hmm. crying together. Yeah, yeah, I'm so so thankful for Netflix um for picking up Prodigy. That's really awesome. And Ashlyn, yeah. as you discussed, there are you know, you talked about the action figure sales and everything going towards saving Prodigy. Well, I happen to have a zero right here with us in the studio. Um, my mom has been doing a really cute way of gift giving by having me like pick a little item every two weeks from this jar and one of them was zero action figure. so i have zero in the studio with us they're just chilling ready to do this pod and ready to have some friends come on the journey so i think it's time yes okay i have a question gabby should i pick from my prodigy action figures or just like my general action figures but my prodigy ones are still in the box What do you say? You
0: could put the boxes in the bag.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't (laughs) have a bag. Uh, They're, like, on display now, so I'm just going to be blindly (laughs) reaching.
0: You could put the boxes on the thing, and then if you happen to come across across a box. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I'll... I was gonna say also you could choose a prodigy for Gabby and a random for you. I like this. I like yeah. this. But also you can put it on the shelf. Okay, <laughs> no, I like got this. Alright, let's let's do our chaotic choosing. Let's go. Okay. Welcome. Back. I don't have a cool display like Ashlyn, so I'm just gonna take my my own from my own special bag. <laughs> Rihanna has to supply the action figure noise now since I have mine on display. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> There. Perfect. Make the it really loud and really yes. aggressive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I chose mine and I'm very delighted. Okay, rihanna who I'm do you sure. have? Okay. Um, I chose Chekhov from the Kelvin universe. He's in his little Starfleet Reds. Starfleet Academy Reds. He's cadet um, Chekhov. He is actually kind of my emotional support action figure. He helped me through a lot of tests in high school. Like I would take a He would always be my action figure to, like, bring to school the day I had a really hard test or was anxious or something. And I actually just brought him to my first day of school at Dupal recently. So I'm very glad that he's here with Zero in my little Zoom studio. Chekhov has seen you through a lot of life events and academic struggle. (laughs) And now he's going to see us through this podcast. (laughs) Hopefully this will be no academic struggle today. (laughs) i hope so yeah let's hope (laughs) all right well here what i chose for gabby is jacob pog oh my god yeah it it really does fit yeah it's perfect because this is our engineering episode so could not have chosen anyone better um, and then Not for my for myself i chose the most action ashlyn action figure ever i have picard dressed up as a romulan from unification <laughs> part one and two <laughs> <laughs> um, we gotta see him up close yep there he is in his robe his ears
0: yeah he's and so i have those a- are some interesting eyebrows oh yeah yeah
1: <laughs> i mean he's a romulan so he's in disguise Okay, so right now I have Picard and Janeway on my mic and I'm holding up Jacob Pog. Oh, amazing. I'm Good also job, in my, everyone. um, I was just Janeway for Halloween and I'm in, um, my like purple tank top Janeway uniform as well. So I'm just yes, thriving. Yes, macrocosm Janeway I'm so hyped to talk about Prodigy. Yeah. Yeah. Ashlyn, you look amazing. Gabby, you look incredible in your RBG shirt. I'm so excited. Yeah. Rhea, you look incredible in your black and uh, is that a TNG delta you got over there? It is. Yep. Beautiful. TNG. All right. Well, <laughs> let's jump to Technobabble. So, Gabby, because I know you've not been listening to the other podcasts in this series, what we <laughs> normally do is ask each other what our favorite Technobabble was from the episode. And for listeners, we have briefed Gabby on Technobabble, so she is ready <laughs> to tackle today's subject. But Rihanna, I'm going to ask you first, what was your favorite techno babble from this episode? Okay, so mine is a little bit random, but I just thought it was really important and kind of crazy to note. In the episode Preludes, you know, we have this whole scene with Jinkum Pog fixing everything and the machine going oops every time something else breaks. Um, so Jinkum's going around fixing. And it's a very quick passing moment because there's a lot of things that Jacob needs to fix in this like little montage. But at one point the um, robot says that there is a cracked warp core. So I just want to unpack this because like, this isn't a crazy techno babble. Like we, we know a warp core helps run the warp engine, which helps them go like faster than light speed. I can tell Gabby's like, oh, ah, yes, self. I totally know all this. Oh, yes. <laughs> the thing is, I sure. was going to say the
0: same thing, but not know what a warp core was. <laughs> yeah. You okay, had the see- same techno babble? <laughs> Stop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you know, a warp core
1: is like, honestly, if someone asked me how. A warp core like how to build one or how to like what's inside what makes a warp core go I couldn't I couldn't give you a good answer like Ashley probably could it's the like, dilithium crystals are you okay well it's yeah crystallized dilithium than that. and it goes in the nacelles and like
0: fluctuates oh, the energy matrix. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so yeah I was just shocked by this because like first of all dealing with a cracked warp core because that that means the warp core is about to breach likely which means that the whole ship's about to explode like we know a, war- a warp core breach is critical at all times it seems like and a cracked warp core i've never heard of before like i've never heard it be like a like described like that shall we say shall we say we don't know how the how secure the warp core is on this random tellarite vessel that Jacob Pog is on, but just like kudos to Jaken for fixing a cracked warp core. That is insane to me, uh but I'm very proud of him and very confused. So <laughs> Yeah, that's a great one, Rihanna. Gabby, did you have a second favorite techno Babble, or did Rihanna just straight up steal your cracked warp course? <laughs> he stole mine, but I'm so sorry. I snatched it. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, so I'm going to talk about Terra Firma, which is the fifth episode in season one, where the vines on the planet are, like, grabbing the protostar and completely eating it away. Janeway's on board, holographic Janeway, and she says, oh, man, those pesky vines. <laughs> um... <laughs> they are getting into the plasma coils and so she's trying everything to get the ship to go so the ship has two warp cores and a protostar so this is three like incredibly powerful engines and Janeway says that the gravim like the gravimetric protostar containment is in danger of failing, and that is essential to the ship. And so I'm like, literally, what? Like, what, what are you is talking this about?
0: Yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. No, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, like, I like have no idea what's going on because we've seen and heard so much about warp cores and have like some maybe kind of phantom sense about how they run. Clearly, totally. um, <laughs> but I guess with the protostar, like that is an essential part of keeping the ship running. Like, you know, we can have it, in this case, you want you want like life support off before you want this gravimetic protostar containment to fail because that is what's keeping the protostar in the ship and keeping it from exploding and so I just question like as cool as it is having a protostar on board if this fails and a lot of things in ships fail like. Yeah. We've seen the ship be dead in the water and then if sure. that fails then the protostar will explode and kill everyone. So, yeah, like I, why would you have a bomb on board your ship? It's Loki you... a bomb yeah. on board. Yeah. And yeah. so I was just like this is one of the hazards of it's like high risk high reward, you know. This is one of the hazards of having such a powerful freaking engine is that you could die <laughs> once the ship yep. is damaged.
0: Yeah. So, totally. That's very
1: true. And this is space concerning. <laughs> yeah. This is the risk yeah, they do what that we they take. Want. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Let's freaking get into it. Yeah. Woo! So I haven't even read the watch list. So let's go. We will be talking about Lost and Found, Starstruck, Terra Firma, Time Amuck, Asylum, Let Sleeping Borg Lie, Borgs. One Borg? Yeah, because Borg one plural more. is just Borg. Ah. They're one. Got you. We are the Borg. <laughs> <laughs> we are the B- we yeah, the we are the Borgs. We are not.
0: We are not. <laughs> we are the Borgs. <laughs> Klingons resistance so we are is born. futiles. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Preludes and supernova.
0: Ding! Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's start with Lost and Found, which of course is the pilot of yeah. Prodigy. This is where we meet all of our crew. Some of some of them are literal child slaves on this or planet. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Yep. yeah everything's fine totally <laughs> so yeah this is not not good bad news at all fronts we mostly of course are going to talk about the engineering aspects of this episode which kind of begin when Dahl and rock talk discover the protostar and the universal translator i think that before this you know Clearly, there's a lot of great, great as in like, well built, but not well used uh, technology on Tars Lemora. Clearly, the mining facility's breaking down though, it's really old, but it seems like the technology keeping the diviner alive is pretty cool. Like, I think that's just worth mentioning because we don't really know going into this as watchers, even who this species is. Even as Star Trek fans, we've never seen this species before. So it's kind of cool going in being like, whole new species whole new set of technology sort of almost a whole new set of rules of how like they handle technology and clearly if you've got like an evil villain in some kind of like chamber (laughs) like something's going down you know yeah clearly (laughs) yeah i agree with you rihanna you can really see where they're putting their priorities which is interesting because we know i'm just gonna say like how this the story ends like we know that the diviner is looking for the proto star and so wouldn't you think he would like upgrade these materials to be as advanced as possible so he could find the protostar faster maybe he just enjoys i don't know maybe just enjoys like having these children mind for him i think that's the thing is like he wants the conditions to be bad enough and the the technology to be just bad enough that like these conditions are poor you know and the machinery is poor and it kind of adds another level of danger to the to these kids but But why how could they do any good any of a good job if they're scared that the machines are gonna like you know die out on them i think it's stupid but also so is this whole operation (laughs) yeah either way you can't defend child who's having child Yeah, yeah exactly exactly
0: like america a few hundred years ago yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like all over the world, there's still child labor. Um,
1: Yeah. Including here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the yeah. thing that's so beautiful about Star Trek is it is mirroring, like what's going on in our lives and what's going on in, in these really in these spheres that aren't talked about and are kind of kept, you know, outside of the news. So yeah, it's important to mention. Um, I also think, you know, it's important to mention that literally an accident found the protostar because rock talk and Dal are having kind of an argument I, apparently rock talk they can't speak each other's language right and that's another way to like keep these prisoners from revolting quote unquote prisoners keep these like people from these children from revolting and all phasers or uses like a weapon laser type thing phasers into the ceiling and some rocks fall and that's how they like discover the cave where the protostar is so i think that that's pretty incredible like thank yeah. you for having that random accident
0: and i so, wonder how long that's like been there and how long these kids have been working and it just takes a few an accident to find that yeah
1: yeah. yeah exactly. I don't even know how long the diviner's been there. Like at least as long as like as old as Gwen is because he came mm-hmm. like, he came back in time and then like had Gwen, <laughs> I guess. And so, and yeah. she's what, like, you know, we keep, we always ask this. She's like, she's 16, like 16 or something, 15. 17. Yeah. yeah. So maybe 20 years he's been having child slave labors
0: working on this yeah, planet. That's a red yes. flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number one red flag. <laughs> Having slaves. That's a red flag. (laughs) Thank you, Gabby. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely true.
1: Uh, Yeah. 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 Number one. So um yeah, they find the protostar and thus also find the Universal Translator, which is one of the greatest moments because first we learn that Rock Talk is actually just like a basically like a twelve year old girl is, (laughs) is how I imagine and and that doll, you know, they finally get to speak to each other and I think that the universal translator in general is one of the most powerful pieces of technology that like is just taken for granted so often. I was going to say most underrated Star Mm -hmm. Trek tech for sure is the translator. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Because it can translate even languages that like of people you haven't met yet and of languages that aren't in the database, you know, because it's so adaptive and is this AI that's insane. <laughs> oh. <laughs> used well and used it a great way then perhaps, but used to like spread connection and not, you know, to divide, but like, yeah, I will love that, you know? And so I think that that's so important because that is the tool that they were using that, that the diviner and his minions were using to like keep the children separated and like disconnected from each other. And so that was like a really cool moment. And, the fact that they're just like
0: what you can hear me like you know what i'm saying
1: yeah so cool
0: yeah and it like it's another metaphor for like don't judge a book by its cover rock talk is just a sweet little girl a 12 year old working in mines
1: gabby do you want to go work in a mine next year
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're you can you're almost rock (laughs) talks age I'm okay. Jeez, I'll stick to theater, guys. Yes, you
1: can play rock talk in the in the play. Make a Star Trek Prodigy play. Let's go. <laughs> I actually,
0: for my, for a GT thing, I have to write a play because that's what I wanted to do instead of something <gasps> academic. So huh.
1: that's e- yeah, that is academic. It's epic. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I have to have a musical okay. done by May, so that's fun. Gabby's <laughs> <laughs> no schedule. It's
1: just casual. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a musical done
0: by May. <laughs> while That's i'm in musicals
1: <laughs> if you have yeah, star literally. trek uh star trek needs you know where to where to contact us
0: yeah yeah <laughs> i don't have any ideas right now so i might take there you up was on that. just a
1: yeah there was just a star trek musical episode actually so <laughs> keep us connected <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so um anyway uh the translator is amazing Ahead, yeah. Ashley. okay i love so you know more translator love could because at some point doll realizes uh we're gonna need an engineer because this ship does not work and so he goes over to his pal jacob pog and he says jacob pog understands you wait you understand jacob pog how and then uh rock tacos magic and doll's holding out <laughs> the and, he says, or, and he's like it's a translator and then she goes a magic translator
0: that's the best part of the episode yes, besides the it. training video it's the best part yes. of the episode yeah and the i think video
1: is phenomenal yeah it, it like really encapsulates how it feels to come upon like really awesome technology you're like this is mm-hmm. magic yeah.
0: <laughs> ai is magic, magic. the beatles new song is magic
1: <laughs> oh my gosh topical very true gaps
0: yeah. <laughs> he said we have an
1: ancient recording of john let's see what we could do let's with that. go yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's it's, run with it <laughs> guys it's not logical it's magic
1: yes yep. exactly logical magic go. perfect uh <laughs> yeah. well so Also, we know that Jacob Pogg is a tellerite who are famous for arguing, as Dahl explains. And I think it's Rock Talk or Dahl says, but like, who would want an engineer who would be, who would you would argue with all the time? And Jacob Pogg says, someone who values multiple perspectives and <laughs> yeah. i just think like we have been talking about this so much this entire engineering series about how important it is for a captain and an engineer to really see eye to eye or if they have arguments to be able to like get for through them, them in out. a crisis yeah, yeah. exactly and mm-hmm. so for like Jacob Pog being an engineer and like thinking about having to rely on him in situations and in all these episodes that we see the argumentative side of him does not come out that much like irrationally I feel like whenever he has a important thing to talk about it really makes sense it's like yeah we need to get the shields up so how can we do that like it's never unnecessary arguing but I'm wondering how you both feel about like Jacob as an engineer So yeah, I think for me, like Jinkum started out as someone who was just like a kind of grouchy and kind of like, funny, like, I was a little bit worried that he was just going to become like a a comedy point, you know, just one to make like, a couple of funny jokes. And that's it. I think what really sort of won me over early is first of all, that Jason Medzuka is the voice actor, and I love him and everything else he's been in. He's been in a lot of like my favorite shows. And so I was like, you know, he's really funny. I trust him as a voice actor. It's kind of how I feel with a lot of the Lower Decks voice actors. Like I knew them from other things. I was like, oh, okay. I trust that they're going to do well with this. And so mm-hmm. I think that Jenkins and Pog is just really like an incredible engineer who is actually extremely modest. Like, if you think about it, he never gloats about what a great engineer he is. Usually it's the opposite. Jacob can't do that, you know, or, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Okay, I did it. Like, no, I can't do that. I love that. You know, I love that he just admits what he doesn't know stuff. He's very upfront about that and will very much tell you, like, there's no way I'm doing that or I'm going to go do that right now, you know? And so that's something to be really, I'm like very inspired by in a way, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. weirdly who knew that this was going to be an inspirational Jacob Pog podcast, but like he does, he does inspire me in these different ways to just like be upfront about things you don't know and be real about those things and then learn, you know, and then learn how to do it or, find someone else who can do it, you know, or work with your team kind of thing, which he does too with with Zero, which I love seeing his dynamic with Zero as well, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have something pretty similar to say. I just love how Jacob is just, like, pretty accepting of, like, everyone there. He doesn't care. Yeah. (laughs) And he really doesn't care about a lot of things, but he loves the ship, and I feel like he grows to love Zero and Rock Talk a lot. Mm -hmm. And... How old is he supposed to be? Because I don't, he doesn't sound like a child.
1: Deeply unsure. I don't know. This is what I was wondering, because Brianna was kind of asking me, like, bunch of kids, like, you know, kind of like, what, what is going on? Because she was watching a few episodes with me today. I think that honestly, what I get from the sense that in Preludes, when we get a little bit of his backstory, is that a lot of like, children, probably my guess is around like mid either like pre-teen or mid-teen so i was thinking he's probably like 14 or 15 uh-huh. um because it seems like a lot of like i think he said like a lot of younger tellarites get sent out well it was um, it was just orphans i'm pretty sure yeah and uh-huh. and so i think they were sent out as kids the question mm-hmm. is do you age in stasis like i actually don't know i would right. assume not because you're sleeping so yeah Yeah. but um Khan didn't age in stasis so i don't think they do and people duh i'm sorry yeah of course they don't it's fine but i don't know telluride technology because he doesn't look like a child orphan he looks like a 20 year old
0: orphan (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's been on my mind for many episodes and i've just been wanting to talk about it but i never remember to mention it i'm glad you brought it up so
1: yeah I know I'm curious too we should tweet the prodigy writers just be yeah. like give us an age of all these people
0: yeah prodigy writers if you're listening tell us or I'll come to your house
1: whoa she said Erin <laughs> Wapke I have some business to discuss questions
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're uh,
1: mostly Jank Pog related yes
0: <laughs> alright I won't actually do that no one would drive me <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason <laughs> yeah
1: Gabby needs a ride
0: (laughs) if I lived in the same state as you guys it'd work out but yeah we'd give you a ride to Aaron's house not at all creepy no I'm not weird at all guys not at all we're we're normal sisters yeah uh
1: the last thing I wanted to say before we move on is that I also noticed I think seriously for the first time i noticed that jacob pog has one arm that is like a multi-tool so he can kind of like he has like a i don't know like a grabby hand and then he can like reverse it and then pull out like a tool that he needs or whatever and this is so invaluable to have as an engineer because you don't need your work bag with you i mean you probably do but for like minor repairs you can just like pop your arm in and out and use that Mm -hmm. so i don't know when you know i like i don't think in preludes it talks about when he gets that arm installed because because he still had it in preludes right yeah so maybe he's just like he had this arm as a child orphan i don't know (laughs) um yeah (laughs) but it's honestly it's great it's it seems like he's using it well and he enjoys it i hope he chose to have the these appendages attached to him so yeah great use for an engineer questionable about (laughs) what's going on there but the consent of it yeah yeah happy (laughs) to see like yeah exactly yeah agreed jankum you know just i think definitely was like one of those characters that was like you that was definitely growing on me as the show went on um and definitely i think how do you all feel like does he stay too much in the character or like in the comedy relief zone of like character or do you think that he gets more to him than that
0: i think he has more to him than that because yeah. there are some episodes where he is pretty serious and if he is funny he doesn't mean to be so i think he's legitimately trying to not be funny yeah
1: true so, like a lot of the stuff he says is just like a fact about him that it just happens to be funny you know
0: yeah he's just had a really different life i love that gab's Yeah, I think there are enough comic relief
1: characters that I don't feel like he's shoved into that stereotype. And then, I'm so sorry, I did also remember one other thing from this episode I thought was great, because Dahl, once they meet Zero on the ship, so we, we now have two engineers, because Zero knows what's going on and can also help to, like, run the ship. And Zero said that they made the little containment suit that zeros in completely by themselves and made it with no hands so i think zero says like i did a pretty good job for someone with no hands um (laughs) so like first of all that's amazing second of all doll asks how many people it would take to run the protostar and zero's like um probably about 20 people or depending on the species 37 appendages and doll's like that's way too many appendages Mm -hmm. So I thought that was Thank great. Thank you for that. Because they're there's, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that they say this and then they go on to proceed to run this ship with like seven people. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's impressive what this small crew can do. And I, yeah, I think the introduction of Zero was really fun because there's been this sort of whole prisoner Zero lingering over the whole episode. Like, ooh, dangerous prisoner escaped. Turns out they're just like trying to escape to you know get a new life and not be a slave anymore which um all these all these kids do want and so and
0: none of them deserve that,
1: that yeah like truly it's just insane and even if they did like that's still not okay treatment so yeah with zero they're so like just seemingly great at stuff quickly, you know, like learning stuff and very like adaptable and quick to learn things on the fly. When they're using the Protostar to get out of Tars Lamora, there's that whole point where they're trying to find the phasers and they're like, oh my God, like we're going to literally all die. If we like crash into this debris that's coming down, if we can't like blow it out of the way, you know, dolls like find the pew, pew, pew. And so they're all looking, of course, Murph is the one to fire the phasers, which we got to shout out to <laughs> for Murph for finding the phasers. Yeah, but even so
0: Murph! Like, Yes, we love Murph,
1: the little engineer himself. <laughs> During that whole sequence, though, Jacob Pog and Zero are flying the ship, you know, and they're basically controlling everything. The rest of them are all just sort of like ah, until Murph fires the phasers. And so I just think it's really cool because at one point Zero says, I found the right buttons. I should probably make note. <laughs> like, I love that, you know, that they're so truly learning on the fly that they're like okay quick gotta make note of this because truly i think honestly from an outsider's perspective looking at that panel of buttons i'd just be like nope (laughs) like there's no way i'm figuring any of this out because a lot of those ships need like years of starfleet training to learn how to even run them because they're pretty complex you know also the protostar itself is definitely advanced technology and i remember well actually i don't even know if i noticed the first time i saw this show because I'm thinking about obviously this is taking place in the like post Voyager timeline when everybody's home and the screens are photonic it seems like like they are projected onto the console and so you're not pushing buttons anymore you're not even pushing a screen anymore like you were on voyager and ds9 and tng this is now a hollow projection of like buttons you can just kind of push very similar to discovery and i I think star trek people have a hard time envisioning technology that's so advanced and so at this point we saw this in iron man the first one even where tony stark like has this type of view screen that is sort of holographic that's projected in front of him and he can just like touch and manipulate things and so i think honestly i i know there's so many uh like sci-fi shows but that's one of the first um like examples of this tech that i've seen in medias from marvel and so i think it's cool to see that the protostar has this similar design and i we're for sure heading there you know like with our technology i think at some point we'll be mirroring this type of technology we're seeing on the Protostar. So I just want to shout out like how advanced this ship truly is. And if they're sending a ship into the Delta Quadrant, they better have the best freaking technology that you can possibly have. At some point yeah. when I have a second, I will look up what year this is in so, also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's good to to get a handle on like the technology because it changes so much even in star trek yeah such great points i w- remember being just a little confused even like what is a proto star how does it how do they use it to like make an engine you know and i think it takes until star until we start to learn more about it yeah um, when we get to see mama janeway hologram janeway coming in mommy yes this is 2384 for those of you counting along at home by the way oh thank you i appreciate that yeah so this and for reference nemesis was in 2379 so this is about five years after nemesis
0: so again this is pretty advanced tech. yeah anyway
1: anyway, gabby's like
0: nice And, and who knows again that ship's been that ship's been like in the trenches for years Gabby, yes. So,
1: Maybe this is some secret tech they were developing. Like this is even more advanced than what we think they
0: have. Because we don't know it's- how long it's been there. Yeah, well and, and we know that Admiral
1: Janeway has the Dauntless now, which is a different type of advanced ship, but nothing like with the Protostar, which was Tricote Captain Chakotay's ship before, so it's just like that's interesting. I don't really know how any of that tech timeline worked out. I would assume that the Protostar is a prototype, like it's the first of its first of its name, the House of Targaryens, (laughs) House of
0: Proto, (laughs) House of Proto. Yeah,
1: so I I would think that if everything goes well, which we know it's very like I don't know iffy. If everything went well um, with the (laughs) Protostar, that they could perhaps like continue building more of these ships in the future i don't know yeah Um, Okay, well, I think, you know, Rihanna, you were just talking about Holographic Janeway. Mm, Baby, my favorite. (laughs) Baby girl. Let's talk about Starstruck because she appears in the very end of Lost and Found and everyone's like, what? What? Um, So we found out in in Starstruck that Chakotay uh, warped away from the Alpha Quadrant and said, I need a holographic protection of my former captain. (laughs) That's not like romantic at all. Uh, That's so, yeah. (laughs) Very <laughs> not normal, at all. normal normal thing normal to do. <laughs> it's
0: not stalker like. It's not stalker obsessive. Yeah. No yeah. not at all. Not at but all. My- <laughs> She's just a friend, guys. <laughs> she's yeah, just a friend just a really close friend
1: yeah. we, had we spent a lot of time together on that ship uh, yeah. yeah, so we have Star Trek. I love that Janeway is acting or She's basically introducing Of course these characters To the Star Trek technology But also all of the newbies into Star Trek Into this technology And I want to talk about the replicators for a second Because when faced with a device That will replicate anything for you And this is and this is the food replicator specifically we're talking about. Rihanna, Gabby, I'm wondering if you had a replicator in front of you right now, what would you order to eat right now? This doesn't have to be like your favorite meal ever, but like right now, what would you eat? Pho from um, from that place in San Francisco. Okay, but can the, are, can you tell the replicator <laughs> from that place in San Francisco? <laughs> no, Which but I, I hope... just want them to make the biggest pho or the best pho they can. So. Best pho they can, Okay. Okay, wonderful, Gabby. It has what to be about veggie, you? But, yeah. I was gonna anyway. say also shout out to Jasmine Garden is the place Jasmine in San Garden. Francisco. Yes. Thank means. you. I knew it was Jasmine, but I do not want to say Jasmine Dragon because that's uh, Avatar. So. <laughs> no, no, Lord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gabby. What about you? What would you eat right now?
0: If I could, I would get the really nice sushi that we had in Texas that one time. <gasps> that was weirdly like the best one of the best sushi i've ever had that seems like an
1: oxymoron like best sushi in texas i'm a little scared but i'm happy
0: for you yeah it was like what i think one of the best rated sushi places in the u.s Mm -hmm. what yeah when we went to see great grandma Mm yeah
1: yeah so good that was amazing yeah, good, good choice. Ashlyn, so, how about you? So, once again, Gabby's like, I want sushi from that place in Texas. <laughs> from that place in Texas. <laughs> the replicator's like, the uh... <laughs> <laughs> cannot compute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ashlyn, your go. Oh, man. Great question. I would probably. Have... your question <laughs> i know it's my question lol um i'm just I, i'm so impressed by myself it um is. yeah i would probably have satan wings from um what, there's a place in colorado city from that place in colorado yeah. city oh yes, city yes i would have satan wings from city oh city 100 i with buffalo so anyone sauce. living in these three places <laughs> we just mentioned go get those food we'll try to find the sushi no place matter for how far it
0: is the sushi place yeah. is in Dallas. Okay, so somewhere in, in Dallas. Dallas <laughs> I've I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be city the in names. Texas. It's somewhere <laughs> in the biggest city remember. in Texas. I can text her right yeah. now. <laughs> text her yes, after. Go. We'll we'll put it on the Patreon. <laughs> yes. <Okay>. Yes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, seriously. Great choice, Ashlyn. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so Replicators are a really cool technology. And we see Jacob Pog gets this like steaming heap of something that he loves. Yeah. Poor Rock Talk, which we don't <laughs> have time to unpack, gets her mush that she always eats. Nutragoop. Yeah. goop yep. Um but then that this is after this is when we find out about the fact that the Protostar has two warp cores and a protostar. And I I mean Two warp cores? Why do you need two warp cores? I'm not, and it's never explained, like, I can't tell if this is them trying to, like, progress the Star Trek, like, tech, and say, oh, we have, like, is one a backup? It seems, yeah. But, but... As we go on, I keep hearing like primary and secondary energy field is down or like the primary (laughs) one's down, but the secondary one's going. And so I'm wondering, like, does the warp core, does each like power its own like neural net or something? What's going on? And then the protostar is only used to travel these insane distances. So they can go across (laughs) the quadrant to a new quadrant in seconds, basically. Um, Yeah. Which is great and wonderful, totally groundbreaking in terms of like star sure. travel. But the two warp cores, I just, I really question. And I am I just don't know if it's because they want to have a backup warp core or because it literally takes two warp cores to power the protostar. I think that seems more possible. Like it takes two warp cores to power it, but it seems redundant to me, seems... Like they're just trying too hard to make it sound really advanced, like you said. But who knows? Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe there's a method to their madness, and we'll learn. Well, actually, no, we won't, because the Pro Star is now destroyed.
0: <laughs> oh, it is.
1: Well, that's right. Yeah. It just seems like a bomb waiting to happen. Like the warp core breaches all the time, so now you're yeah. doubling the amount of warp core breaches, and your all of that is like keeping the protostar structure secure so it just seems like a bad idea but for Mm -hmm. long-range missions like this maybe you take the risk you know okay yeah so i mean besides that Jankum and zero really just like kick butt in this episode learning the ropes of the protostar while they're getting sucked into this um what it was a gravity well
0: gravity well yeah
1: yeah sure yeah Um, as i think zero says a dying star what a beautiful way to meet our doom (laughs) classic zero that it is beautiful yeah yeah it truly
0: is gorgeous i would die that way yeah i would be fine dying that way
1: same um but they don't because they're again learning the ropes very quickly so another thing i find impressive especially because jankum it seems to just always be fixing things and just totally fine with that so yeah well this episode I view it as a trial and error of what Dahl and the newly formed crew can and cannot do. And in this one, I think the you know, we see some classic big mistakes engineering-wise. Dahl chooses to reroute all of the power to the impulse engines, which shuts off Janeway, so she can't help. And it shuts off the brig, which is holding Gwen. So she's left to her own devices. She goes and tries to build a vehicle with the vehicle replicator. So this is another new type of tech that is introduced on Trek. And Rihanna, what are your thoughts about the vehicle replicator? I love it. I think it's really cool and something we could have desperately needed in a lot of other Star Trek shows because there's so many moments of like... there's no escape or all the escape pods are gone and then you could just like build a shuttle that would be epic i think that understandably takes a massive amount of energy so there's this huge energy drain going on and that sort of makes sense i'm glad that they sort of backed it up you know like if we're gonna have this crazy overpowered ship with all these overpowered stuff like it's gonna take a lot of power to power it (laughs) how many times did i say power in that sentence (laughs) um but it's true, you know, I think, yeah, I think that the Protostar like is almost too overpowered, like the people building it were kind of like, you know, just kind of maybe going to their heart's content, which works, and it worked for quite a while, you know, so I think the vehicle replicator is just one of those other amazing tech that just is a huge power drain. Totally agree. Yeah, again, I'm still questioning the validity of the Protostar design, even though I'm really excited by it. I just feel like, well, maybe this is why you need two warp cores. One, to power the vehicle replicator alone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, true true yeah. yeah so when Janeway does come back alive she stabilizes the initial dampeners to reestablish artificial gravity that Gwen had taken offline and also we learned that the protostar is equipped with a complete tactical array so it has a ton of weapons basically yeah. um wow. which we don't talk about too much but this arsenal is fully loaded <laughs> and now Speaking of fully loaded, let's go on to terra firma, because these vines are
0: fully loaded to wrap around the plasma (laughs) coils. And wrap around your only good thoughts left in your mind. (laughs) Yes! Literally. literally. (laughs) Well said. Yeah, this episode, essentially,
1: we have Janeway making sure the ship doesn't run out of power and get pulled in and eaten. So... I really like seeing Janeway sort of being the star of saving the ship, you know, Gwen does indeed like help save Murph and the ship and things early on but Janeway, you know, is kind of integral for making sure that this this planet this murder planet doesn't eat the proto star before the kids get back so I think it's really smart, you know, she's starting with each system because she can't do like a, I think she said she can't do like a full shutdown or something, so she's like, okay, we'll do it one system at a time. Let's we'll start with the replicators. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd very cool. I, she says that she has no crew, no weapons, access to only non-essential systems. And she says, think, what would the real Janeway do? And then she snaps, she's like, she would clean house. <laughs> The, yes! vi- the, the vines are like completely covering the ship and so she sends photonic ship scrubbers to f- in fully disinfect mode and they go to the outside of the ship and they're like scrubbing it down and getting rid of the vines and again this is so cool. super cool technology yeah
0: yeah, they just have like a built-in cleaner that's hilarious it's, i don't know a lot about the other series but is that featured or is that new technology no
1: no that's new new af <laughs> yeah it's crazy Google,
0: that's cool. that's cool they
1: should have that in yeah. future stuff yeah oh, agreed i'm saying yeah. also like just to keep everybody healthy let's keep scrubbing the ship in disinfectant mode you know
0: yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. hashtag 2020 <laughs> yeah stop the spread yeah. i don't want COVID on the whole okay yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah it <laughs> still exists in 23 something
1: it surely, yeah. oh, hopefully not 23 something, Twenty-three <laughs> yeah. four, COVID yeah. 50.1. No oh, more. Lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, um, can we move on to time amok? Let's yes. talk about tachyon storms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo. Apparently, that will recount, that will disrupt your warp core, which will make everything <laughs> explode in 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> your first warp core.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess if one blows up, that everything blows up. So, I'm, I'm I still there. System. There are basically three bombs on, <laughs> on the ship, <laughs> not just one. <laughs> Run by a ship of seven children and one hologram. Are there seven? I'm not counting right. On a paper, on paper, <laughs> it does it not look good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works somehow, but... <laughs> well, you know, at this point, we have two engineers, Zero and Jacob Pog, but in the episode that we're talking about now, Time Amok, we actually gain a third engineer. Yeah, <sighs> The best of them all. No, know, saying, or, I was going to say, them. Gabby, I think Rock Talk is like, maybe Murph and Rock Talk are like tied, or maybe Murph's a little higher for you, but I wondered if you wanted to talk about Rock Talk in this episode and her journey into becoming an engineer.
0: Yes, please. I just think that it's so soul-crushing for her, because she's been in there for years, year, just Ouch. day yeah. after day, living the same day, over and over again. But she learned, basically, how to code, how to be an engineer, and how to really run the ship. Yeah. It's really incredible to me, because Jacob and, like, Zero know how to run the ship, and now Talk knows, mm-hmm. and she has experience, so she is prepared for anything, and then she basically saves all of them from their doom.
1: 100%.
0: Yeah, she's like their last resort. Yeah. yeah.
1: I was thinking about this because I think this is, the, as I've said famously, like I wanna be an engineer, but don't have the like patience to learn. And mm. I think this would be the only <laughs> circumstance where I would become an engineer is if I was like stuck on a ship for a year or more than a year, and the only thing to do was to learn everything i could about how to shape how to save said <laughs> <that> how to <laughs> shave my friends <laughs> how to how to <laughs> how to save all of my friends and that's what rock Talk does like gabby says she learns quantum science computer engineering and a lot of math in order to yes. save everybody and i'll just set up what we see in the beginning of the episode and from each character is that They, like, Jacob Pog, who is, of course, main engineering, which he could fix because he's the main engineer at this point, but he is so close to the warp core, like, the explosion that happens that his time is going very quickly, so he probably only has, like, a minute until the ship explodes on him, and then rock talk because the explosion is occurring from this tachyon storm is occurring in a sine wave so rock talk is going like a very slow path and then next is gwen and doll and they're all going different speeds and jacob pog he identifies the problem and is like i have to make this i have to like fix this somehow doesn't have time then we go on to zero and zero is the one who makes the blueprints because that was awesome. That, that was awesome. Yeah, Zero also doesn't have time. Their timeline's going so quickly, so they pass on the blueprints to the next person, who is Dal, and Dal is trying and is having problems. Rihanna, do you want to talk about Dal and his his struggle to make this warp oh, containment man. field? Well, his struggles really are internal. He's very, he's very <laughs> low on confidence. You know, I think that a lot of the problem of this the engineering side of Dahl is that he doesn't have the confidence that he can do it, which is fair. If I was faced with this situation, I would probably break down as well. Like you were saying, ashland like it's just so tough to like be an engineer, especially when you're kind of relying on the engineers. When you already have a plethora of engineers on the ship, you don't really have to think about doing that yourself often. And so I think that Dahl was a little blindsided by that and took a while for him to like adjust to that role. But he was gaining confidence by the end, you know. So that was really. I think it's just hard to watch, you know, a little bit because yeah. he gets so close and then the, then the dilithium coupler is the wrong size, you know, and on like a small scale, I don't I know that feeling of going to the store and buying like a, an adapter for something and coming home and it's the wrong size, and you're just like, cool, I just wasted all that money. I have to go back out, hope that they would do a return to get the right size. You know, it's just like a just annoying. And this on a huge scale is like life or death, you know, that this one thing's the wrong size. So that's extremely stressful for him. I also have a literally hilarious thing I just realized to note that the second timeline, which would have been the slowest of them all slower than Rock Talks, was Murph's timeline. (gasps) So if someone like Zero had had been in Murph's timeline, Zero could have like crushed that, had been done in a few hours, and literally like completed the entire thing on their own. But because Murph's, was going the slowest and sweet little Murph can you know sit on some phasers but cannot make a <laughs> warped matrix I just realized that is the funniest thing okay hold on is this why Murph like changes into a different like morphs into a different like no like, I think thing? that's separate okay because yeah. so, did so they, they don't actually age like Rock Talk didn't age in her timeline no. no okay like never she mind did, but maybe yeah. well it's
0: Murph so you can him. He's
1: oh, I forgive yeah, he's him for
0: anything.
1: Yeah, I'm not blaming him, but <laughs> the Murf Stan of the group. <laughs> Yeah. i think so might anyway, i might be no, no. the only murph stand. no you're not the only murph stand. every literally i literally just looked up a murph crochet <laughs> pattern today like this is this is what we love about murph is that we can crochet him um <laughs> well so yeah. after yeah so thank you poor doll he but he makes everything except the poor mm-hmm. adapter he can't find the coupler and then that we next follow gwen and she's fighting off dreadnock this whole time <laughs> from the vehicle replicator yeah. yeah yeah okay this man can tap into the vehicle replicator and like just make himself on the ship this is <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> this That's is like they level. need they need yeah. to turn their bluetooth off so this doesn't happen next time <laughs> like yeah. what's going on uh so She learns she's able to get Dreadnought out of there, but she watches that he grabs a adapter, a power coupler from like behind a replicator or something. He like rips open a panel of the ship and grabs something. And then Gwen stops him because he's he's ready to like just blow it up anyway and she opens up the airlock yeah. he flies out but also so does the energy matrix the war uh, matrix that everyone that spent all this hard time working on yeah and so that's why when we get to rock talk's timeline it really is quite desperate because there's not even and Janeway's deleted too yeah Janeway's yeah. deleted too yeah and so rock talk completely on her own as Gabby talked about just becomes an engineer fixes everything and she ends up fixing Janeway to bring her back online because she doesn't know where to put the um energy matrix <laughs> that's the most tragic part of all is that that might have taken her the longest because you can follow some blueprints pretty easily not easily but like relatively once she learned the basics of all of that stuff even if doll can do it rock talk can certainly do it but yeah. I think what took her so long and what pushed her and motivated her to do all of that engineering and math and everything was literally because she needed to learn hologram science to make Janeway and to re- get her online again. Because it said it, like, there was, like, scratch marks on the wall of how many attempts it had taken her. That just breaks my heart to think that, like, if Gwen had just go, went it get plugs into the warp core, maybe this could have been, like, a way shorter thing for Rock Talk. I don't know. It's just, yeah. like,
0: ah! It's frustrating way less heart-breaking. to think
1: that. Yeah. Well... well and time is going so slowly that she probably can't detect the problem on the ship that quickly. You know, if you're just yeah. like monitoring systems, I don't know how obvious it would be like what the problem is or if the problem's even showing because time's going so slowly, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, true. Cry. Very true.
1: But yeah, you know it
0: but- now? Yeah.
1: Now she's smart. She's a quantum scientist. She's a computer engineer. So much math. She said she
0: learned. So that's awesome. So much math. She's like dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our dad is the yeah. type of
1: person who can just like do calculations in his mind, which actually literally leads into the next episode, which is Asylum. So yeah, I think before we move on to Asylum, I'm curious now that we've kind of covered all the different engineers in this show, who would you rather have in engineering on your own ship? Say you had your own ship, you're the captain. Would you rather have Rock Talk, Jank Pog, or Zero down in engineering, fixing your engines? Ashlyn, do you wanna take it first? I'm gonna go with Zero. Because, okay, this is the thing, like, there, I feel like there's always a secondary, like, extremely smart character on Star Trek who kind of can do everything. And Zero yes. is that character in Prodigy. Zero is the Spock of Prodigy, one might say. Yes. Uh, and yeah. I just feel like, yes, Jacob Pogg is the main engineer, but... I, I still don't know how much he knows about, like, Starfleet ships. And so sure. if I'm going uh, on my own ship, I want Zero down in engineering because I know they're going to be able to pull out crazy solutions, be able to do anything I need them to do, and also, like, have a unique Medusan perspective. So, yeah. I, yeah, I'm going with with Zero. Uh, Gabby, what about you? Who would you have?
0: I'm going to say the same. Zero. Just okay. there. They, like, need more reconciliation, and they are, like, one of the truly the best parts of Prodigy and so good at what they do and, like, extremely smart. I love Rock Talk, so that was hard. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like if it comes down to my own ship, I would still want Rock Talk on there. But if it comes Mm -hmm. down to engineering, we're going to go zero.
1: Amazing. Rihanna, what about you? Wow. Wow those are great choices. I think the logical choice, absolutely. Um, just to be different. I think like it would be nice to have Zero as sort of that secondary scientist. But honestly, I really do trust Jenken Pog And I think that he is your kind of nuts and bolts engineer. He can get in and fix a lot of problems with his percussive maintenance, as he says, you know, <laughs> stop hurting the ship. He's like, Nah, I'm just like, it's percussive. I do maintenance. this all the time. Yeah. yeah exactly yes and like we said he's steady in a crisis he's able to sort of work things through so i think it's really great and he definitely should be my engineer great question rihanna let's go on to asylum and there's just one specific part i want to talk about because we want to continue the rock talk party as much as possible rihanna brought up that rock talk has a fantastic moment in this episode because this is the proto star this is their first encounter with any kind of federation technology outside of itself. And so they're at this space station, this outpost in the middle of nowhere, and the protostar tries to kill it and succeeds in just completely destroying the station. This is the first indicator that there is indeed a weapon on board the ship and it is hungry for Starfleet tech and So while they're on the station, the, like, cowardly man who's there, he (laughs) abandons them. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. He's in the only shuttle, and he leaves them. I hate him. He leaves children to die on a space station that's exploding. Like, absolutely a patak if I've ever seen one. Um, But he... Gabby, that's Klingon for like a bad word. Yeah. she's like, thumbs up. Yeah. Good for you, Ashlyn. She's like, my sisters are weird.
0: I grew up with them. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, you know some of our Klingon.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so basically, they're on the exploding outpost and they see that the protostar is like circling because it's in orbit around the station. They can't, of course, they can't beam back. They ask Janeway, can't we beam up? And she's like, no. And so Rock Talk basically is tasked because Dal says, hey, let's do a space jump. Let's just try to like jump onto the ship. So he says, Janeway, open the cargo bay. And it's like, <laughs> so crazy. She's like, can you not? Like, this is actually insane. But um, yeah. Rock Talk is freaking out because she has to calculate how fast the ship is rotating around the station, and how fast the station is turning. Because of course, in space, you're never like fully still. And then sure. they have to like make a running leap to try to get there in time and hope that they're gonna land inside the cargo bay. So this is like Spock level math that she's doing inside her head, a and 12-year-old. like. Mm-hmm. A 12-year-old. Thank you, Gabby. Yeah. And she, I love the scene because you see like all the math on the screen, like floating around her head. And she says, okay, let's jump in 10 seconds. And then immediately she is like not confident. She's like, no, what if I miss these variables? Like how maybe I didn't calculate it correctly. And zero just keeps counting down. And they're like, I love your estimate. I have confidence in you. And so zero's like five, four, three, two, one, let's jump. And I think it's just such a good, like, I, I vibe so hard with Rock Talk because I will, like, make a guess that I think is right, but I'm so nervous <laughs> that it's wrong. And in this case, yeah. the result would be death. <laughs> There's Literally nothing floating lose. into space. It's, it's, nothing to yeah, lose. Great point, Gabs, because the station's point, yeah. already exploding. <laughs> yeah. It's either float around in the void or get blown up, you know, like either way it's uh, <laughs> And but they get tractor beam because they're so close, you know. I mean, Rock Talk is right there basically. So, I think that uh, zero counting was the most amazing moment for me because i was like look at that trust you know that they have in each other without knowing each other for very long and that's something i respect about engineers too is they can look over a lot of like character stuff you know i think that if they're ever annoyed by jenkum which like he uh, maybe does get on their nerves or i'm sure that doll gets on their nerves and you know the different various ways um but i think like it shows that how engineers can kind of set all that aside because like the most, they're like the most important thing right now is fixing the ship. The most important thing right now is getting out alive. And so they all prioritize that prioritize lives over like, you know, some kind of petty argument or how or, or whatever feelings or emotions they're having. So I'm just like applaud, applaud that, you know, and a, about a lot of engineers, including the three we're discussing.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Thank yeah. you, Rihanna. Super agree. I love rock talk math like we've well, heard of girl math now get ready for rock talk math like it's so cool. even better <laughs> even better <Yeah. laughs> it's correct math but you're deeply unsure about it
0: <laughs> yeah that's me we that's can... me doing my homework <laughs> ash has been a witness of me doing my homework
1: yes i will often like call gabby in the evenings when i'm walking my dog carly and i'll catch her doing homework and she's like okay Mm -hmm. i'm gonna talk through this word problem and she's literally doing like algebra already so kudos we have a rock talk in the making
0: thanks seriously
1: yeah incredible Um, i try yeah (laughs) truly so let's move on to let sleeping borg lie and we're just going to be talking about the borg in general because you know the borg are technology they are engineering and this is our first introduction to them in this series probably one of my favorite quotes from this episode is jenkem pog because he goes they see the borg cube and he goes no way jenkem flies in a box (laughs) <laughs> I just love that. Yes. Immediately, he's like, nope, that ship is weird. I'm not flying in a box. Like, he a truly an engineer who does not respect Borg technology. What a king. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> well, most of them have not encountered the Borg before or Borg technology, which is, you know, mm-hmm. a good, obviously, for the new viewers and also just like insane that this species has gone out of your frame of existence. It's wild. yeah. Yeah, and so Zero is really interested in the Hive mind of it all, and so they essentially attempt to communicate with the Borg to try to get this weapon off the ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the beginning of the episode, they discover, and Janeway has no holographic Janeway, has no recollection of this subdeck even existing below the ridge. And that's when they discover the weapon, and they are firing at it. They're trying to deactivate it, but it is intelligent. And adaptive, and like completely indestructible. Yeah, and so I think it's logical that Zero would think maybe the Borg do have a way to deal with this because I would I would say they're one of the most technologically advanced species that we've come into contact because their method of assimilation is <laughs> to gather the knowledge of species that they assimilate and knowledge is power and they've clearly been using it <laughs> to their benefit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's not much else to talk about with the Borg besides like, ooh, you know, they're both scary about yeah they're scary and they're both about technology and biology so that's always a little frightening but they somehow zero is able to unassimilate themselves which i think is truly phenomenal and it's inspirational through love. to us all it's literally through <laughs> love because gwen is like remember who you are <laughs> like yes <laughs> yeah i found it really cute you know, somewhat a little bit unbelievable, but also we don't know enough about Medusans to know that I think a Medusan is maybe more powerful than a Borg trying to assimilate. So, I mean, Medusans are highly telepathic species. And so mm-hmm. those species seemingly have like far greater brain power than humans do. And so I think. Resistance, yeah. as Gwen says, resistance is not futile and Zero believes her and is able to get out of the clutches of the Borg. Unfortunately, the whole thing was kind of useless because the Borg do not have a way to deal with this weapon that they have on the Protostar and it cannot be destroyed removed, and so what are you gonna Great. do with it? With these three bombs on board the Protostar, what could yeah. they possibly do to destroy this evil weapon? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> 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 should we talk about that now, since we're leading into it? No, should, I think let's let's do a little appetizer. Too. Let's yeah. talk about preludes first, and then we will okay, d- reveal yeah. how we'll dive gonna, in how they're gonna deal with yeah. this bomb. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. S- obviously spoiler um, alert obviously yeah
1: truly if you have not already we've spoiled we have spoiled much if you have not seen prodigy i'm so sorry (laughs) sorry
0: guys (laughs) we ruined the experience (laughs) so uh, we kind of
1: discussed this episode in the beginning when we talked about the cracked warp core i just want to list off a couple of the other things that Jankum pog can fix because truly i think even um freaking paramount plus which i curse the name that i speak um but they did say need something fixed call jenkum pog you know like because truly he is like a jack of all trades kind of thing and so he has to fix the cracked warp core the arboretum needs attention um gravity is out there's an electricity problem And he has to fix the plumbing. So, you know, mild to very, very important things that he's fixing all over the ship. And I'm thinking that this is probably his first like foray or sort of like his first real experience with engineering like hands-on but who knows maybe he as an orphan was doing some engineering stuff i don't don't know what happened before in his life but i think it is really interesting to sort of think about his origins are literally just fixing a ship so no one dies (laughs) you know like that's his engineering origin that's insanely cool and very traumatic you know like at the same time poor guy that's how his
0: brain is wired my question I, i think you're right
1: was the ship telling him what to do about how to make these repairs like do you think he had a manual he was looking at or do you think he's just like a prodigy
0: <laughs> i think literally is just yeah i think he's a prodigy the whole yes, show yeah. is named yes. after him and named String after our pod podcast and named after <laughs> our assumptions because yeah
1: we're right about everything yeah,
0: period. <laughs> we are yeah. the best yes exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> I do think he's just that smart. And I think that he's just that good because we saw the robot that was helping him. I don't think that they had a manual. You know, they could barely figure out what was going on that was wrong or just, you know, constantly saying, oops, oops. Didn't even remember Jacob Pog's name. So I don't know if he was able to pull up a manual, but either way, I'm very impressed. And I think Preludes is one of the best episodes to give us these background info on these different characters. Zero doesn't get much of an engineering background or else we talk about them more. But no. um, Well, and I just, I think it just says a lot about the Tellarites as a species, or at least whatever government sent them out. I don't want to like blame a whole species for this, but like they're sending orphan sleeper ships out into space and they're not equipping them with technology that will even give them a chance. Like if if Jacob Pog was not on the ship or if they had woken up someone else, they all would have died. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and he left so that they wouldn't die too. Yeah, yeah, because at the end they can only have twenty nine people on the ship instead of thirty. So he's like, "Well, I guess I'm self sacrificing, and I'm gonna go find gonna I'm gonna find my own way." When, um, yeah. yeah.
0: What about us?
1: <laughs> That's the computer. What about everything we've been through?
0: Oh, what what about, about the heirs? heirs? <laughs> no, I never about, wanted to hurt you. Hurt you. what about the orphans? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you, we supposed well, to do?
1: I'm gonna leave, leave, but I'll miss you. I'll miss you. <laughs> miss oh, I got to move See, Gabby, this, your, this is your this is your musical or your prodigy. Musical. Why do you have to go? <laughs>
0: <laughs> My voice is so bad today, too. It's oh like, no, I was so not even crumbling. real singing.
1: For any you know, playing along at home, that was high school musical too. Aren't you glad you just got a little sample? Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. know, a small <laughs> child knowing what high school musical is, they educated me. Yes, we did and educate I you. I am a theater kid, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to. Yeah, see, yeah, I just feel like
1: anyone who was born after like 1993 should know High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, but maybe Essential. not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to say quickly before we go to Supernova, I would love to say just I'm so sorry I forgot to say this earlier, but in Asylum that jellyfish ship from the Kelvin universe looks the exact same as the ship they used in prodigy. And actually this is not from my brain. It's from, a YouTube pod I was watching today about this episode. um They do Trek ups and downs. It's actually really good. It's kind of like Cinema Sins, but they say like what they liked and disliked about the episode and give it points for each one. um Really great pod. I'll put it on the Patreon so you guys can go and look at it. But they mentioned that this jellyfish ship looks so much like the Kelvinverse one, and I just just like applauding that because it's a cool design for a ship. It's really cool that they beamed some whales. You know, like so many embedded Star Trek references into Prodigy um, that are just good fun on their own either way so i I was just proud of that it had to be mentioned thank you rihanna we love trek ups and downs that's wonderful to hear yeah um Mm -hmm. and with that it is time let's talk supernova this is the finale of season one of prodigy Ah, okay Ah. cry (laughs) Cry, so The, the thing is, like, this is the problem now, is we have a ship that has three bombs, two warp cores, one protostar, and a weapon that is programmed to destroy any Starfleet ships and completely prevent Starfleet from having first contact with the, uh, the Devar, is that their name? Did I just make that up?
0: what could go wrong yeah what could go wrong
1: literally what could go wrong and well in fact everything goes wrong pretty much because (laughs) the ships do start attacking each other and this weapon programs the starfleet ships to override their people running them and they're like Mm -hmm. attacking each other and firing weapons and basically like self-destructing the whole fleet The cliffhanger to part one is that all of the Starfleet ships automatically have distress beacons sent out when they're about to be destroyed, and unfortunately that means that even more of the fleet is coming to this party Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get destroyed, so the Divider's plan is working like a charm. I do want to mention that Zero and Jankum have become amazing pilots by the end of this. Like to see them just seamlessly flying through this literal battle going on and barely getting hit by phaser fire. They've both come so far from when Zero was like, oh, I'll make note of these buttons.
0: (laughs) You know? So it's
1: really impressive to see. Yeah, I was just impressed by also their like cool handling of the situation because like this is obviously so very stressful especially them being in the middle of it all and being the cause of it i think that they all handle it really well were you gonna say something gab
0: yes actually i was gonna compare it to you guys in your podcast you guys have come so far Aww. and i love you guys oh gabby I you <laughs> And coming from like your so first sweet. episode ever like don't know what like you guys don't really know what you're doing and now you have like this <laughs> whole setup and like this whole community i think it's adorable oh, and i love it so yeah. much oh my gosh Cause watching you we guys grow you so with much. the podcast it's just been such an amazing oh. experience I'm crying.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm in tears. Thank you. Thank you, you for That's coming so to sweet. my TED Talk. <laughs> Thank oh, you. I did not expect yeah. this wholesome comparison. <laughs> yeah, literally. Wow, we are honored to be Zero and Jacob on our, on our journey, just becoming better and, and I'm stronger. I'm Murph. Literally, yes. <laughs> You're just happy enjoying the ride. <laughs> Rihanna, you're definitely zero. I'm a hundred percent Jacob Pog and totally. Gabby's a hundred percent Murph. So yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, we already have our names on the list, Ashlyn. You just need to rename your Zoom. <laughs> yeah, right now we're zooming with zero, Ashlyn Gelman and Murph.
0: So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's Ashlyn? Yeah, I don't yeah, know who her. Who's that? Oh, I, mean, I shouldn't be able to talk. I shouldn't be able to talk. Ah. Oh yeah, (laughs) Murph sounds. Insert Murph sounds here.
1: (laughs) Anyway, well, the way that they're able to get out of this is because of the sacrifice of a holographic Janeway. I want to call her H.J. HJ. Um, it's so sad because they figure out that the only way to stop the Starfleet ships from losing their mind and the only- is to destroy the Protostar because then the signal will no longer be sent out. And so, well, there must be an easy way to destroy the weapon. It turns out the only way to do it is to completely blow up the ship, absolutely blow it up. And someone has to stay on board to activate it. And unfortunately, initially, doll is like, it's me, I'll go down with the ship. And then Hologram Janeway's like, no, I'll do it because you can just copy my program. And then I will be able to stay with you. And it's all good. Like this Janeway will die, but the other one will be fine with you guys. But it turns out that her program cannot be copied because it's tied into the weapon. And so you can't have one without the other. And... He can't be like moved to a file because it's become too complex it's, because yeah. she loves too much now. Oh, You're gonna make me literally, her capacity to love made it too big of a file. I'd rather that is...
0: doll go down. Oh, <laughs> oh <God>. got
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just switch it so doll can go down with the ship and then, and then, literal, and it could just be main ca- weighs five
0: main characters <laughs> sacrificing themselves energy. <laughs> I'd rather that! I'd rather At the that. end, it's just Hologram
1: Janeway and Admiral Janeway with the rest of them? Like, what? Yeah! yeah. I mean, this, is, this is how I know we're related, like, the Janeway yeah. love is starting already.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I, gosh. I would rather him die, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah. Doll is a work in progress, that's for sure. That's it's just hilarious to me. It's just
0: quirky main character. Yeah. <laughs> Literally.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, this sacrifice is truly heartbreaking. I did not expect it at all. Like, I think all of us were shocked seeing this. But, you know, it is indicative of, like, how far she's come and how far she's willing to to go for her crew. and Yes. And how far Admiral Janeway is willing to go to, like, bring them into the fold and feel like, you know, kind of can not take her place ever, but at least be another support to them. And this is what I thought... well and i think also it's making way for admiral janeway like the real human who will play a big part in their lives and so they know going forward in season two if you have two janeways it's probably weird
0: yeah Uh, so
1: let's have the real one no offense i mean i love hj like she should she should come back and like be at the academy but
0: yeah oh that'd be cool
1: cry she can't do it all yeah
0: bill doll come on (laughs) r.i.p let's go (laughs) you hear me i'm not kidding guys okay
1: so gabby we could drive you to aaron's house and you have like i have some demands i have some questions (laughs) and demands um i would like to leave us with one last question what is the coolest technology in prodigy rapid fire i'm just curious if something really stands out to you that you really loved the holodeck nice good answer gabs i love this yes I'm going to say the vehicle replicator is amazing because imagine when they're on Voyager, if Tom was like, man, I really want to make the Delta flyer. He could have been like beep, beep, beep. Beep, And then it would have like 3D printed itself into existence instead of him like... Going so hard for all those weeks, all that metal and yeah, yeah, and it's it's Mm -hmm. just as customizable. I guess maybe you know there's something old fashioned about like really welding those parts together, but
0: (laughs) yeah, make it from scratch, yeah, nostalgic, vintage, yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. But I just think that is so cool, and I don't know if it, it is worth the amount of energy that it's drawing from the rest of the ship. But I feel like for some missions, it could be absolutely invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. Rihanna, what about you? Favorite tech? Oh, I'm going with the proto drive easily, especially because we know it would have gotten Voyager home in like one episode uh-huh. <laughs> instead of 7 years. <laughs> um, but also because like it's it's just a technology that that so many people in Starfleet have dreamed of for years being that able to travel that far that quickly is just almost unheard of besides the transwarp hub and other crazy technology that like is not Federation tech. So now that it's affiliated with the Federation, I think that's sick. I love that. And it may go wrong. It may be kind of like you're having a bomb on your ship, but also it pays off sometimes. Like those rewards are high.
0: Yeah, high High risk, risk. high reward. (laughs) Exactly, Gabby,
1: exactly. So thank you, everyone. Um, Thank you, Gabby. Thank you, Ashlyn thanks to myself. Like truly we're amazing. And I loved getting to talk about engineering this week um, with all of you. Yeah. What I can't believe is that this is the last episode of our engineering series. And Gabby, thank you so much for joining us. I couldn't have asked for a better way to go out of the series than with my precious Gabby girl. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. And I love getting to hear your takes and your insights as we go through all these random themes and different ways to talk about the same 20 episodes. So um. Yeah, I think by the time we get to Mirror, hopefully we'll have more Prodigy. Hopefully we'll have more mirrors Be <laughs> knocking on wood. Hopefully. Yeah. And
0: notice that I have more bracelets on than <laughs> when we started. Oh my gosh, wow. Gabby,
1: were you multitasking? You had a I you made. Going.
0: I made this one, this one, and this one. That's yeah, incredible! That is,
1: wow.
0: We love to and see it. I was very subtle about it.
1: I literally didn't hear you at all. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, I tried to mute whenever it was bad. Yeah, we
1: appreciate it.
0: You're yes, welcome editing Rhea and editing Ash, whoever's editing. thank you. Well,
1: I also really want to thank our wonderful patrons, of whom we have 18. So thank you so much to Jordan Hirsch, Megan Chowding, MC Freudus, Sci-Fi Haven, Spotted Giraffe, Isabel, David Willett, Curlon Nascos, Rick Mason, Anna F., who is a new patron oh, from last week, but I'm Ooh-hoo. still celebrating. Thank you, Anna F., Also, John T. Bolds, Gildara, Jeff Richardson, Never Otter Even, Anna Post, T. Alexander, Ivan Fetch, and Michelle. Thank you so much for being our patrons. We could not do this pod without you. And keep an eye on that freaking Patreon because we have some exciting stuff dropping soon. We are going to be reviewing a documentary and continuing our review of season three of Lower Decks going (laughs) on very soon to season four. So once again, Rihanna the engineering series to me has been an absolute dream come true i have been thinking about engineering for as long as i have been watching star trek so i'm so happy we got to talk about this and i just again thank you to my two wonderful sisters for joining me today
0: we're so happy to be here thank you i'm so happy to be featured again
1: when we know what the next episode theme is we will let you
0: know (laughs) (laughs) all
1: right all right well thank you both and as always please don't let the patox get you down thank you for listening to the dura sisters podcast please tune in next week for our catch-up series where ashen and rihanna will discuss an episode from a series previously talked about (laughs) i don't know how else to fucking say that please follow us on facebook instagram threads blue sky and twitter to check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating 1, 6, 12, or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive rewards for each tier. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, death fakeouts, first officers, spooky, holodeck, and the engineering series if you haven't heard a particular series yet please go back (laughs) sorry that was so funny please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes social media marketing and editing is done by rihanna Hurd and me ashley Gelman. our intro and outro is by jerry goldsmith jerry 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 Jerry!